Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, she was a star at the 2020 Olympic Games, and now she is the 2021 FINA World Cup overall champion. Today, we're sitting down with Emma McKeon. How's it going? Good, thanks. How are you? excited to get your perspective on these last few months of racing. Let's start with the World Cup. When did you decide that you wanted to race in the entire World Cup? Um, well, for the all four, I only decided when I was in Budapest. So after I'd done the second one, because um, it was never really my plan to do all of them, but um, I was enjoying it. And to be honest, I didn't really want to go back to training. Um, so it was kind of also a way to keep me in the water. <laughs> Who needs training? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when, you've, when you've got racing, what, what, what is the mindset like on a circuit like that? When, um, when, like you said, it's like, you know, you're kind of swimming, but you're not training, but then you have lots and lots of days of racing like that. Yeah. Well, I think cause I'd just done so much training for the last so long, um, I was just not motivated to get back in and do like the K's and do main sets and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I knew that racing, I was still going to be getting that quality out. So um, I think through ISL, I kind of realized that that was where my fitness was coming from at the moment. And I've kind of done enough training now <laughs> so I can kind of just um, ride off the training that I have done and you're still getting so much quality work in through that racing especially like with isl backing up um cup doing the heats and finals that kind of gave me a lot of fitness as well did you feel did you feel fit throughout the entire you know you come off the olympics you have a couple weeks did you go back to australia before going to isl yeah i had um so after olympics we flew out the next day and then two weeks in quarantine and then i had about three weeks at home um, but we're actually in lockdown um, where my family are. So I spent three weeks in lockdown with them, but it was nice to see them and um, have that kind of home time. And then I flew over to Naples. So you spent five weeks in lockdown <laughs> pretty and, much, and then went back to, uh, <clears throat> then went right back to ISL and then hit the world cup. Did you feel yeah. like your fitness level carried you throughout that entire I guess, two months of, of straight racing? Yeah, I kind of didn't really expect it to because I feel like every time I've come off a break, I've just felt shocking, um, even if it's just been like a two or three-week break. Um, so having the five-week break, I was not expecting to be able to hit the times that I've been hitting in the races. But um, I think it kind of just showed where my training had been at leading into the Olympics. And so now I'm kind of just going off that kind of confidence, really. Yeah. And let's, let's break some of these races down. You hit 50.5 for the number two swim of all time in the hundred free 50.6, the number four swim in the hundred free among other things. And, uh, again, you know, coming off a break, you kind of expect maybe a little bit more of the speed to be there, but then the endurance to not be as much on the, um, 
in a, from a race perspective, at least from a fan's perspective, I don't feel like that's how it always goes. Um, what was, what was feeling good to you about swimming the hundred free, especially on this world cup circuit? Um, I think, well, with short course racing, you kind of just get in and go from it, go for it from the beginning. Um, and I haven't done short course racing in such a long time. So it was kind of also not really knowing what to expect, I think. Um, but yeah, my speed was definitely there, but I feel like my endurance was as well. Cause I came home with my 50.5, I was home in a 26. I think it was. So, um, that's pretty quick and kind of, yeah, I'm hoping to, I feel like I can still go quicker. Um, so I'm hoping maybe at ISL or something like that, I can go a bit quicker. <laughs> what, where do you feel like you can improve on that race? Just the speed or are there certain parts of that race? I mean, racing in the world cup or at ISL, you, I'm guessing you get pretty dialed into to the very nuanced details of the race. Yeah. I'd say probably my skills. So like my dive and, um, my turns and I don't know. I feel like each time I'm diving in, um, especially I think cause I came off the break and then went into the racing every time I'm racing, I'm kind of getting a bit quicker and quicker. So, um, it's probably just getting that kind of racing fitness back. Did you ever do a 200 free on the world cup? Um, not for this season. No, I haven't done any 200s in the ISL either. So <laughs> I think that's probably where my fitness would show. <laughs> so I've been lucky to just do fifties and hundreds. Um, but I don't know what they'll put me in for this next lot of ISL. Gotcha. Was that, was that ever on the radar where you like, ah, I'll try my hand. And then it didn't end up happening. Or you're like, stay away um I didn't nominate myself for a 200 um I'd be happy to do it if like they needed me but I thankfully didn't have to do that yet (laughs) in the world cup do you just pick your own events or do you confer with your coaches and kind of come up with a game plan um I just kind of picked my own events just because with the world cup there was they only took your top three point scores your top three from your top three races so I kind of didn't really want to do more than was necessary. Um, so one a day was pretty good for me. Um, but on the third day, I always had the 100 free and 100 fly. So I kind of picked and choose where, um, which races I would kind of do. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, especially on the World Cup, how big of or, or what what kind of a motivation is the the financial aspect of it? You know, it's like we you won the series, you got you earned over a hundred K dollars, uh, you know, from, from those four meets, what, how is, how does that motivate you versus just, you know, Oh, it's good racing opportunity and good training opportunity. Um, well, I think for me, it wasn't really so much the racing opportunity because I feel like I've had so much racing this year. Uh, Here was a chance to travel, um, and like swimming such a short period of your life and I kind of especially after Olympics just really wanted to soak up every opportunity that I get um and like I just I feel really lucky to have the opportunities that I do have and I think obviously the financial aspect is a big motivation because I want to kind of while I am swimming really well I want to you know do what I can um but I think being over here at the moment it's more about just that enjoyment and obviously leading into Olympics was so intense. Um, 
and I'm definitely ready for a big break. Um, but having this on now is kind of just like, it's like that bit of like, I don't know, reward almost for the hard work that we've done, being able to come over here, travel, enjoy myself, go on little holidays throughout it all and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, I mean, that's to me, that's like immense perspective. You said swimming is such a short part of your life, which in the overall, I think that's probably true for you. It's probably been the majority of your life, right? Up, up to this point. At the moment. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about like for your whole entire life, it's such a short time. So like, I think I've definitely heard from people who have retired and they're like, it's, it's like, I think you've got more perspective, obviously, when you do finish, but it is such a huge, important, like amazing part of your life. And I really want to be able to look back on it all and know that I've like done everything I could in the sport, but also just actually enjoyed everything that it's had to offer me as well. Because there are a lot of stressful parts of it as well. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of athletes don't realize that, um, have, have that, have that awareness, um, throughout their career, right. They only get it kind of when they step back or, or retire. Do you feel like you, do you feel like your Olympic experience and the lead up to that, especially with the pandemic kind of gave, gave you that perspective, or do you feel like there was something else more specific that kind of knocked that into place for you? Um, I feel like I've probably been like that for quite a while um just going through times of loving swimming hating swimming throughout my whole life um I think it's just a kind of perspective that I've developed over time um and probably like during my teenage years when I started and stopped swimming a lot um that kind of is probably why I have the perspective I do now is because when I did hate it like I didn't want to do it at all and the kind of pressure and stress of it kind of that I put on myself overtook my enjoyment. So I just really wanted to focus on ways that I could enjoy it. And cause I do love it and I love racing and all the opportunities that come with it. And I love pushing myself and setting goals and all of that. Um, so I kind of just focus on that kind of stuff. That's what I love about it. That's I, I love that. That's, that's a really great perspective to have. I feel like, especially for an athlete, who is in your shoes kind of, you know, swimming really well, performing at a really high level. So world cup versus ISL, um, what's the difference there for you when, when you step up on the blocks at an ISL competition versus at a world cup competition? Um, what, what's your perspective like at each one? Uh, I'd say for ISL, it's probably more full on racing just to get your hand to the wall first. Um, and you feel like you're putting points towards your team, you're racing for them, um, you're racing to kind of like a bigger cause kind of thing of your team. Um, so that's kind of the motivation there. And just backing up race after race, it's just probably a different feel. Um, whereas going to World Cup, it's more um, focusing on time probably more again. Um, obviously you want to win, but it's like, heats and finals it's kind of just more like what we always do um so I'd say I definitely have a lot more fun at ISL but I'd say World Cup is probably more 
um, I don't know, just kind of more serious competitive, I'd say. Yeah. Do you feel like one or the other gets you in tune with your races more or, or like, you know, your race strategy, your skills, do you feel like one or the other lends itself better for you to, uh, to fine tuning races? I'd say world cup was probably more for fine tuning my skills and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I feel like the mindset's just different. So it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know what it is about it, but I'd say world cup was more for that. And then um, ISL is more just for racing, like, yeah, just trying to get your hand on the wall first, trying to score those points and yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, th- so then you, you have lots of success at both. So then uh, let's talk about the Olympics. Um, coming into the Olympics, you were, you were a pretty heavy favorite. Did you feel any pressure at all going into those games, knowing that you would be a real threat in all three of your individuals? Um, I think I knew that there was probably expectation on me and I obviously had high expectation of myself, but I also knew that I, there was so many other people in my events that had probably more pressure, um, because there was previous Olympic champions, um, world record holders, um, all of that kind of stuff. So even though I'd set the fastest time of the year in a lot of my events, um, I also knew that I wasn't the focus. So I think that was probably an advantage for me. And um, it was something that Bowley was always repeating to me as well, that, um, you know, you're not the one that has all these achievements in these events behind you. You've got the world record holder. You've got the Olympic champion. They're not going to, they're obviously not going to be easy to beat. Like they're incredible athletes who have all these amazing achievements and the focus is going to be on them. So it kind of helped me take the pressure off expectation from outside physically were you did you feel you know primed ready to go do you feel like you hit your taper on the dot heading into the meet yeah I definitely felt ready um I think it's obviously the most prepared I've ever been and it was the most prepared I'd ever been in 2020 so I knew having that extra year I was going to be ready um and I think also, I went through a lot of ups and downs throughout that whole extra year. So I feel like I'd grown a lot um, as well and was just ready and mentally prepared for what I was going into. Um, but, yeah, I, I knew that I wanted to stand behind the blocks at Olympics and know that I'd done absolutely everything and known that I pushed my body as hard as I could and done every little thing um, physically and mentally, um, everything that I could. So that's, and that's, that's how I did stand behind the blocks. That was kind of like my main goal. Then, yeah, like you said, you achieved it. Um, and then going through a few of your events, uh, how did, how did the 400 free relay set the tone for the rest of your meet? Yeah, that was really good. It was like a good, a, definitely a very good starting point um, for our team. Um, but then my split as well just kind of showed me that I was swimming really well and my back end was really fast. So that's kind of what I looked at in that race, um, knowing that I could carry that through and knowing I was in a good standing. But obviously to be on the top of the dais in that relay again um, is everything that we could have hoped for. And 
um, obviously we had such a good team, such depth. So we knew we were in for a good one as well. Yeah. yeah. To give the listeners a little bit of context, if you don't know, Australia uh, wins the 400 free relay, breaks the world record in 329.69. Emma McKeon has the field best split of 51.35, which is pretty scintillating. Um, and then you go right into the 100 fly. What uh, Was the 100 fly final the next day? Yeah, so I had a 100 fly semi just before the relay and then 100 fly final the next night, the next morning, sorry. Oh, right. Yeah, the next morning. Um, so the, that next morning, 100 fly final, um, can you take me through that race? How would you feel about that one? Um, well, I, I love racing 100 fly. Um, and I did a PB in the final, so I couldn't really ask for much more than a PB. Um, and to do it in a high pressure situation like an Olympic final. Um, I was really proud of that. And I didn't realize until I'd gotten back to the village, only 0.13 off um, Maggie. I didn't realize that it was that close between all three of us. Um, so I was like, oh, I could have like, like, that's just so close. And cause I hadn't um, obviously had my other individual swims yet. It kind of, I don't know. I was just like, oh, my God, that's so close. Um, and so it was kind of a mixture of emotions because I'd done a PB and should be so proud of that. Um, but, yeah, and then it t- kind of gave me more motivation for my next lot of individual swims as well. No kidding. Yeah, so so heading into the the 100 and the 50 individuals, was it just like, all right, we're not, we're not leaving any tenths on the table? <laughs> Or going yeah. for gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to leave like just when it's such a close margin, like, and that's the Olympics that's sport, but it's definitely the Olympics. You just want your hand on the wall first. Yeah. Did, did so after again, specifically after the four free relay and then after swimming that hundred fly, um, with the motivation, with the shape you knew you were in, were you, were you pretty confident heading into the 100 free final um yeah I was confident I think the most nervous was for my actually it was probably for my 100 fly final I was the most nervous but my 100 free semi I was pretty nervous but then going into the final um it was kind of just like this is kind of what I've been training for and I've done everything I can do all I have to do is focus on exactly what Bolly and I had been working on and exactly the race plan that we'd been preparing for. And then I knew that I could win if I just stuck to that and didn't get too far ahead of myself. And I, at trials, I, in my final, my heat was really good at trials. And then my final, I went a little bit slower after my heat being so easy. And, um, I made the mistake, which I'm thankful that I made there, um, which was just I overrated and rushed it and just tried to race too hard right from the start. Um, and I'm thankful that I made that mistake there because once I got to Olympics, I was like, that is exactly not what to do. <laughs> so it paid off. <laughs> so so you, did, you don't overrace it. 51.96 to win gold in the 100 free Olympic record, oceanic record after the 100 free how confident were you in your, in your 50? 
Um, I hadn't really had a lot of focus on my 50. All my kind of mental energy was going towards the 100 free. Um, so the 50 for me is kind of like a fun one. Um, it's probably a fun one for everyone really, but um, I don't know. It was, I don't really get nervous for the 50. It's just like kind of focusing on those tiny little skills to get right at the beginning and then it's just race from there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I was confident that I could swim a quick time, but I wasn't really focusing too much on the medals or anything like that. Uh, is there a specific reason why you focus more on the 100 than the 50? I mean, I know you said 50 is a fun one and it seems like it would be fun for everyone, but, um, you know, considering where you're at with it in your career, is there a reason that there was a lot more focus on the 100? Um, I'd say probably because for pretty much my whole swimming career, I've trained for the 200 free and we decided to not do that at the Olympics just because it was going to be way too big of a program. Um, and I wanted to be able to do really well in something rather than stretch myself out across so many events. Um, and so it was obviously a hard decision to drop that 200, but, um, it's obviously the right decision now, um, looking back on it, obviously. Um, but, I think because I trained so much for the 200, I knew my 100 was going to be good. Um, and, and I knew that my back end was good. Um, and Bolly had always said that the Olympics is about finishing strong. And because I'd had all that 200 base work, I knew that I could come home strong. Um, and then the 50, I kind of see as like a full-on sprinter and I don't see myself as a full-on sprinter. So <laughs> I think that's probably why my focus would be more towards the 100. Um, so then you, you, you win gold in the 50, uh, was that a surprise to you at all? Or were you like that? That's about what I thought I was going to do. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, yeah, it feels weird to say this kind of thing, but like, I kind of knew, obviously you can't control what other people do and other people are going to surprise you and have incredible swims, but I kind of knew that I could win. Not that I would win because you don't know what other people are going to do, but I knew that I could win. And so um, that's just kind of the confidence that I had leading into all my races, really. So so those are your individuals. I want to hit on one more race, which is the 800 free relay. Um, and, you know, from from the media perspective, that was that was the race that, you, that Australia was going to win. I guess the 400 free relay, too. You, you all were just so powerful in, in both uh, those races. So heading in, um, what, was, what was your perspective? What was the vibe heading into that 800 free relay final for Team Australia? Uh, I think a lot of people had the view that, oh, Australia's going to smash it, Australia's going to win, it's their medal, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But I think for me, I would never look at a medal like that. I'd never look, oh, we're going to win that you you really have no idea what anyone else is capable of um and you know that you can put a team together and you're going to put the best team you can together um and do a good swim but um you can never be like oh it's in the bag you can't you can never look at a medal like that um so I think leading in obviously we had a really fast group of 200 girls on the team um, so yeah, we just kind of 
I was not expecting China to be there. <laughs> so that was the surprise. I thought the US would be our main yeah. competitor. Yeah. And so, I mean, looking back on that race or just even in the moment, um, what, what were your thoughts? Were you, I mean, did you, do you feel like you swam well in that race? Looking back on the bronze medal, what emotions does it evoke for you? Um, I definitely hope, I definitely wanted my split to be faster. Um, and I definitely thought, well, I definitely, yeah, I thought I was capable of swimming a lot quicker. Um, it was definitely a hard, like I'd already had so many events before that, but um, it was a hard night because I'd had the 100 free semi and leading into the 200 free relay on the same morning. So it's kind of a tough um, double. Um, but, yeah, I I knew that I'd trained for it and I knew what was coming. So personally, I would have liked my split to be a bit quicker, but I obviously put everything I had into it. So then just coming off of the Olympics, you've had a while to, to process it. You had five weeks of, of lockdown and quarantine, <laughs> um, and in your homeland of Australia, seven medals, four gold, three bronze, uh, double sprint sweep in the 150 free. Um, what do you make of that? How did, have, have you, do you feel like you have processed that? Do you feel like that's still kind of settling in? Uh, I think it has been such a whirlwind. Um, and obviously straight back into racing over here and traveling around and all that kind of stuff. So it probably hasn't completely settled in. Um, and it still feels a bit weird for people to kind of say all that stuff about me. Um, so, yeah, it, I think it's still taking a bit to process, but it's obviously everything that I wanted to happen and um, everything that I'd worked so hard for and everything that Bowley had worked so hard for as well. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I kind of at the moment look at the experience and like, how much I've grown in the lead up to Olympics from Olympics, all of that kind of stuff. That's kind of what I can look at now. Um, but yeah, I think it'll take a bit to process the actual achievement itself. <laughs> can you put a finger on what ways you have grown, as you mentioned? Um, I think probably just being able to look back and realize and know how tough I can actually be. Um, you know, going through lots of different things and being able to put them aside and do the job that you need to do. Um, I think that's, I've shown myself that that's like a big strength of mine. Um, and I think also just even coming off the Olympics, I'm proud of the person that I've become because I know that as a person, all of these things don't change me at all. Um, I'm thankful to my family for raising me that way. It hasn't. Like I feel all like they've given me head. good perspective. Yeah. <laughs> um. Wow. Kudos to you. It would have all gone to my head. I'd be. <laughs> I'd be. A. A, uh, a raging narcissist by this point. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so congrats for not being that. <laughs> In terms. <laughs> So in terms of your swimming, um, you know, obviously we talked about you not racing the tuner free at Olympics. Um, do you feel like that, that came, 
you said your training was kind of focused around the hundred. Do you feel like that came with a, a mindset in the way you approach racing at all in terms of kind of shifting towards a sprinter? Do you feel like you have more of a sprinter mindset or do you feel like you had to get tougher in, in some way, uh, to, to do those events really well, like you said? Um, no, I definitely didn't develop the sprinter mindset and that was all Bowley because he was always like, <laughs> you're not a sprinter. You are not a sprinter. So, um, he definitely didn't want me to develop that mindset. Um, which I kept having to say to him, don't worry. Like <laughs> I've been a 200 swimmer like my whole life. I'm not going to become a sprinter and want to just do 3k session and all of that, which I'm doing now because he's not over here, <laughs> but, um, leading to the Olympics, um, yeah, I was definitely still doing the 200 work. So, yeah. Do you think you'll get back to swimming 200s? Like let's say this year at all? Um, probably not this year, unless they put mm. me in one for ISL. Um, but yeah, I'm still definitely going to be racing the 200. It just obviously depends where it fits in on the program. Cause, um, yeah, you can't do everything. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> well, Michael Phelps can do everything. <laughs> Dude, I mean, you just, you, you won seven medals. It's like, you can do a lot, but so, <laughs> so heading into this next season, obviously um, you've got playoffs and now as we just uh, reported the final in Eindhoven as well. Um, but then after that, it's like, are you going to take a long break? Because then there's com games and then there's world champs i'm yeah i'm sure there's other competitions for you in there too but what's what's the rest of the year look like um well i'll get home hopefully early december mm-hmm. and then have all of december off um and then i'm not we haven't really spoken about it bowling i um i think because it's just been like getting through this and then seeing how i feel in a in a month's time or after i have some time out um and I definitely need a break, but I'm definitely also still like motivated. It's just, I need a break to get myself through. Cause I want to go through to Paris to get myself through the next three years. It's just smart to take a break and be able to kind of have that clear line to then move forward with the next lot of goals. So, um, I don't know what next year looks like, but, um, I'm sure we'll work that out when I get home. Yeah. Uh, so no, world short course champs not in december no okay just isl yeah then uh yeah obviously you said you want to go through to paris do you see yourself swimming after that i mean brisbane 2032 (laughs) is only (laughs) definitely not (laughs) 11 years away (laughs) yeah no i won't be going through that (laughs) do you you see yourself being done after paris um honestly i i wouldn't know um i think it's always like people probably think you always finish on an Olympics. Um, and leading into Rio, I, I thought that that would be the end. <laughs> and then it was, oh, no, I'll finish after Tokyo. But then I was still enjoying my swimming and still improving so much. So then um, obviously kept going. And I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't even set a date. i just keep going until I felt like I had – nothing more to give I think and nothing more to improve on okay so then that's just what motivates me yeah which I think that's a I love that mindset that's a great way to approach the sport I think a lot of people like you said just kind of get wrapped up in that Olympic cycle 
But like, what yeah. if you're still like doing pretty good and like swimming the 50 free in 2032, you know, <laughs> like be pretty cool to go to a home Olympics. Yeah, that would be very cool to go to home Olympics. But I think I definitely wouldn't be still swimming in 11 years time. <laughs> How old will you be then? Um, I'll be like 37, 38. I, I don't know, Emma, people do it. <laughs> people do do it, but. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Fair enough. Uh, I don't think I'll be that similar. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. Okay. Uh, well, Emma, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down and chat. It's great catching up with you. Any, what, what's, what's the rest of your day look like in Eindhoven? Um, well, I've already been out bike riding. Um, it's nearly six o'clock here. So probably just dinner and into bed and um it's really good here because we're just training at like 11 o'clock in the day so get a good sleep in <laughs> that sounds prime yeah <laughs> um well again i appreciate you taking the time and it's always great catching up with you thank you it's nice nice to talk to you you've been listening to the swim swam podcast stay tuned for new episodes every week you can take Swim Swim Podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.